I am, I'm really, I am, we use that, we say that a lot, I'm so excited. Have you ever heard that people start out their announcements? We all do it. We all, I'm so excited about, and then they start telling what they're excited about, and I'm, I'm so excited about this series called Choices, because it, uh, I think it's going to impact your life for the better. And it's going to be, we're going to pick it apart, it's going to be several weeks, uh, and in between we're going to have a, 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 a prophetic conference in October with Ron Campbell and another a young man from Georgia is coming in. That's going to be late October, so we'll, you'll start hearing about that soon. But in the meantime, God's put this on my heart to preach about choices, because choices make up our life. You're here today because you made a choice to come to church. You, you made a choice. Um, there's a saying that the sum of all your choices is who you become. Isn't that true? Oh, the choices you've made all through your life. So we're going to break choices down for several weeks. Why we choose, why we, what, what we choose, why do we keep making bad choices over and over? Anybody ever do that? It's a bad choice, but you still do it, right? So, yeah, Pastor, I'm still doing it. Uh, what, what goes into all these things that make us make bad choices are our good choices. Uh, all, the, uh, all the history in our life that causes us to make these decisions. The thing about it is, now, I like to Google stuff. I like to do the search engine thing. So I just typed in choices and decisions. And somebody has counted how many decisions or choices that a human, an adult human makes in one day. And I was a little bit shocked. Um, I asked somebody the other day, how many do you think of decisions or choices a human makes in one day? And they said, oh, 5,000. It's like 35,000. 35,000 choices that you make a day. So if, if you have a normal day, like I forgot, like if, it's, if you get up at... 8 and you go to bed at 10, something like that, that figures out to about 2,500 choices per hour. Per hour. So you start thinking about, how could that be, Pastor? That doesn't make sense. But how many choices did you make this morning, subconsciously or consciously? You've already made hundreds. Y'all understand that? The way you, the door you walked in, you had a choice of two doors to come in. You had a choice to shake their hand or not shake their hand. Choices are just constantly going on. In there. It's just a constant thing going on in our head. So if we can get a handle on our choices, then we can make better choices and live a better life. Amen? So that's really the goal of this, of this teaching or this series is for us. And, and it kind of goes back to repentance. And it's all going to be scripturally based, of course. Wouldn't that be bad if I just got up here and preached? Like some preachers, they, they don't use scripture and all that. Have you ever heard a sermon? They just barely ever allude to the to scriptures. I'm going, how did you do that? Because that doesn't sound right. You know, that's just man's opinion when you start talking outside of scripture. So uh, I thought, what was the most important choice, or maybe in a negative way that was ever made? And it happened in the Garden of Eden, of course. So if you have your Bibles, turn it to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to look at a verse or two there. We're going to look at some verses in Genesis chapter 3 and some other scriptures. Because I think we have to go back to the beginning to lay this foundation for this series on the choices that we really do make. Some good, some bad. How do we get out of the ruts of the bad choices? All that's going to come in the next few weeks. So you really don't want to miss one Sunday either here or watching it on live stream or watching it on 
live stream archives, going back and watching it. I know there are some people that actually go back and watch the sermons if they miss them. They, they like to go back. They don't want to miss anything. So we're going to go to the Garden of Eden. Now, Adam has already been created. Eve has not been created yet. God's given Adam a, a, a mandate to go and attend to this beautiful, incredible paradise called the Garden of Eden. And then he gets him a choice. Then the Lord God, this is verse two, chapter 2, 15. Then the Lord God took the man, Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in it, in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Now, is there any question there of what the consequences are of eating of the fruit of that tree? But see, Adam was, he was given an option here. He was given an option. The first thing I want you to say is, is, is that we're going to look at options. Say options. See, before Eve was created, God told Adam not to do such and such. Don't touch, don't eat of this tree. He didn't say don't touch it. Eve said that. He said, don't eat of this tree, the knowledge of good and evil. And if you did, you would die. Now, I have to, I have to give a little uh, grace to Adam here. Because he said, if you eat it, you'll die. But I don't, has anything ever died up until then? Think about it. See, that's how my mind works. If you eat that, you're going to die. And he's going, well, what's a die? <laughs> what does that mean? Because nothing had ever died before. Because God had created and it was all good, remember? So nothing had died. So Adam had to wrestle maybe with the fact of, God, would you define death to me? I don't know. They had lots of talks in the garden. So my next question is, and probably your question is, why the tree? Why did God put the tree in the, in the garden in the first place? Anybody ever wonder that question? Why he just, just leave the tree out? Wouldn't that have been easier? No options? Okay, let me tell you why God put the tree there. Because the presence of the tree was the presence of a choice for Adam. If he had no choice, then you have no option. And then you become, he's become basically a robot that does everything that God tells him to do. When you don't have a choice, listen, you don't have free will in operation. So God wanted us to have free will. Say free will. See, a lot of people ask me, well, if God is a good God, why would he allow this to happen and allow that to happen? Why would all the bad stuff happen? I said, it's not because of God. It's because of you and me. It's because of Adam and Eve. It's because of sin. All the bad things happened in the world. God didn't want that to happen. But he gave us free will. How many of you want to have a choice in what you choose? How many of you want to have a choice? You're going to go to a restaurant. How many are going to go to a restaurant today? How many want a choice of what you're going to eat? Or, or do you want the, the waitress to show up and go, you're having hamburgers and with, with mustard and, and you're going to have onions on it. You have no choice. And you go, uh, 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 seriously? I, I don't like mustard. I'm sorry. That's all we got. Well, don't put it on there. I'm sorry. It's going to be on there. No choice. So what do you do? You say, you put your mask back on and you get out of the restaurant. So I'm going to go somewhere where I can choose. I'm... Personally, I'm not the guy that likes the, the menu that's like thick as a book. How many of you know the Cheesecake Factory? If anybody into the Cheesecake Factory, it's got 20 pages. And you go in there and go, well, that looks, that looks, ooh, that, that looks, that looks good. And you go through the whole thing, you order the same thing the next time you go, the next time you go, the next time you go. Right? Same kind of cheesecake. Why do they call it the Cheesecake Factory anyway? They sell chicken there. I had chicken and cheese and 
What's that stuff? What, what's the kind we always get? The Madeira chicken. Yeah, it's got cheese on it, you know, every time. 20 pages, give me the Madeira chicken. But God said, I want you to have options. So if he gives us an option, that means he's given us the choice if we're going to love him or not love him. See, he was wanting to see if Adam and Eve would love him for who he is. So he, give, he gave them a choice, and that's called free will. Listen, everybody thinks, oh, I wish God had never done that and put that in the garden. But everybody wants free will. Somebody, you want to be able to choose who you're going to marry. Now, some countries, guess what? You don't have a choice. They have arranged marriages. Anybody in here had arranged marriage? How many of you want? Wished you would have. <laughs> no, just, no, man, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that. I wish somebody would have arranged something better than one. <laughs> oh, boy. We're good? Yeah. <laughs> we had a little laugh about that last week. Uh, the things I say and my wife is nodding, or this way. Uh, so God has given Adam an option. Go to chapter 3 now. Flip over to 3. Because the first thing we have to have with, with the choice is an option. So then we go to 3, verse 1. And now by this time, God has taken, he's put Adam to sleep. He took a rib out of his side and created Eve. And so now we have Eve, and apparently Adam is not there at the moment this happens. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, as God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So the second thing I want you to see is desire. Most every choice you make comes from basically your desire or the way you feel about something. Most of the things we choose are because it, we think it's going to make us feel good or that's something that we desire. Correct? Most of them, not all of them, but most of them. Some, some things are they're just automatic. Thank you. He's listening. I like that. Or is that a she? She's listening. It starts with a desire. So desire drives this choice. That's why God, if God's not the driving force behind your life, if you're not submitted to God, you're going to have a problem with the choices you made because they're going to be based upon your own desires. They're going to be based upon your flesh, right? If God's not there, if God's not the foundation, if God's not speaking to you, if the Holy Spirit's not speaking to you, listen, we'll make bad choices. And how many of you, listen, how many of you before you got saved made some really bad choices? Yeah, that led you down the wrong path, right? And even after you're saved, we still have a, we still struggle with bad choices because the old man always wants to come back out and he always wants to lure us back in. So we have this, these desires that are put within us and so we want to make these choices based upon our flesh. And so Eve is, is not really, not really paid attention apparently to what Adam had told her. And so we have the serpent. And he shows up. Now, the serpent here is really Satan. I know it doesn't say Satan, but you go read other scriptures. It will verify that the certain serpent is Satan. How many times have you faced a right or wrong option and your mind starts grappling with, what should I do? How many times? All the time, doesn't it? Even as a believer, you go, so there's, there's an option presented to you and it's usually a good or bad it's either it's evil or evil or good and we have this decision that we have to make and for some reason we start grappling with what should i do here you know if i put this comma here my income tax will be a lot less Ooh. silencio por favor <laughs> <laughs> i 
You're driving down the highway. This is another one. Every, all the guys right now are just got cringing. And it says 75 is the speed limit. But for some reason, the enemy says, listen, it's the interstate. There's no cars around. You've got a radar detector, which I wonder why people do that that are Christians. And you know, it really, you have a radar detector so you can break the law, basically, right? Let's be, let's be honest. And it says 75 is the limit, and so we think 80 is okay. But that's, that's how it works, guys. That's how these choices come. We make these little bitty choices that seem insignificant, but one day they become very big choices because you've already, you've already let the enemy lie to you. You've already received the lie. You've already acted upon the lie. I'll never forget going through Sonora. Somebody told me, there's a DPS guy there. Man, if you're, if you're speeding at all, he will get you. We were going to some football game or something. I don't remember what it was. But we, I'm going 72 in a 70. Randy, you can appreciate this because I know you don't speed. And I, I'm going 72 in a 70, and I, the lights come on behind me. And I'm like, <laughs> no big deal. Because I'm only doing 72 in a 70. Knocks on the window. Rolls it down. Sir, license. Yes, sir. I'm ready for him. You realize you were speeding. <laughs> no, sir. I was only doing 72. It's 70. I, you know, everybody knows you've got two miles over. Right? How many of you believe that? You believe the lie. You get two miles over. You don't. Mm -mm. I will never forget his words. When I said, I'm only do I knew what I was doing. He said, well, sir, that sign said 70, and we believe that that's enough. I said, ooh, you're probably right. There's a limit. There's a limit there for a reason. And so we push the limits with our choices, don't we? In so many more ways than just the speed limit or just our taxes. See, when the thought's planted in your mind concerning a decision, it's important to recognize where the thought's coming from. It really is important to recognize where that thought's coming from. It's not always the devil. Sometimes it's just your own desire. It's your own flesh. It says, if I do this, I will get that. James 1, 12 says this. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by what? His what? His own what? Oh, okay, his own desires and enticed. Look at that word enticed. You're drawn away and you're enticed because you've got this desire, you've got this feeling, this is going to be good. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to? Oh, death. Oh, sin, yes. Sin, then when it's full grown, it gives birth to what? Death. So there's a progression there in our choices, right? You understanding this so far? How important it is that you know what your choices are, that your thought process when you're, when you're thinking through something, when you're reasoning something out? It's going to get, more in it's going to get so interesting because I've got, I've got scientific proof next week. All right? What? I can't get scientific proof? 
Shoot. So what does that tell us in James? That this, the enemy cannot make you sin. When you say the devil made you do it, that's a lie. Did he force the fruit into Eve's mouth? No. He said, hey, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about this. It was, see, what the devil does is he will not tell you the truth about anything. Here's the truth. Verse 2, chapter 3. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat it. And then she added this, Nor shall you touch it, lest you die. You know, we add things to the word sometimes. <laughs> she added something to the commandment. God said, Don't eat it. She said, He said not to eat it or touch it. Now, she probably heard that from Adam. And she didn't even say the name of the tree. Like, Adam's like, Hey, baby. Say a tree over there, don't touch it. Don't eat. Uh-uh, stay away. God said if you do it, you're going to die. That's it. He thought she'd mind him. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Okay, we're good. <laughs> um, that's just the way I think because, I'm, I mean, Adam's just, he's tending the, he's tending the paradise. Baby, just don't touch that tree. We're good. And apparently he had minded God. He hadn't touched it yet. He hadn't eaten of it. He just told her, don't do that. But he hadn't been beguiled by the serpent. According to the word, she, he went after her. So if you're not really being the head of your household and you're not really training up your family, listen, guys, I don't care who does the messes up the family. It comes back to the, the head of the home, right? Some of you are like, no, it's her fault. It's her fault. So the problem begins here with Eve engaging what? In a conversation with the devil. It's not really a good idea to talk to the devil. Now you can rebuke the devil, but don't let him start talking to you. He's don't, don't start talking about, yeah, well, I don't know, I never thought about that. You mean, this is going to happen if I eat the fruit? See, she knew the truth, didn't she? She had been told the truth. So now comes the lie. From the enemy, then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. That's what Satan says to Eve. If you eat the fruit, you will not die. You sure? No, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, if you eat of this fruit... I don't care what God said. I don't care what Adam told you. If you eat of this fruit, listen, he just didn't want you to become like him. But if you eat this fruit, you'll become like him. You're not going to die. Are you kidding me? Let me just tell you something. If you don't know this by now, the devil is a liar. That's all he knows to do is lie. He, and, he and Jesus even talked to, talk to the Pharisees. He said, your father is the devil. He, he's a liar. He's not the man. God, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. But the enemy, Satan, the serpent, the dragon, who whatever name Beelzebub you want to give to him, he's a liar. God says you'll die and the enemy says no. You'll be so alive, you'll be just like God. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could see the result of our choices before we actually make the choice? 
always thought that that would be the coolest thing. You know, just have a video. If, if what our choice is actually produced, you know, and I'm not talking about like tomorrow, I'm talking about maybe 50 years down the line. Some of you guys, some of us, some of us, we wouldn't have eaten what we ate back then. We wouldn't have drank what we drank back then. We wouldn't have smoked what we smoked back then. But we didn't see the results of it. We just thought, saw the immediate gratification of it. And that's one of the big issues with, with choices is immediate gratification. And we look, and we look at, the, at the, what's happening, right, what's going to happen right now if I get, drink these three beers, I'm going to feel better than if I didn't drink these three beers. Oh, now he's meddling. He's talking about alcohol. Okay, let's go to pot. Or let's go to this drug. Or that drug. Or this high, or that high, or that visual, or that sound, or that woman, or that man that's going to give you immediate gratification. You see, our brains are wired in such a way that we like to make quick choices. That's immediate gratification. Oh, baby, that, that big screen looks nice. It's a 65-inch Samsung. It's a smart TV. It's smarter than you, Mama. It's so smart. You just tell it what to do, and it does it. It'll do the dishes, everything. 65 inch. Well, baby, we're, we already got our credit cards already maxed out. Well, they said that we could get another credit card. Immediate gratification, you buy it, you take it home, you put it up. Oh, it's awesome. But you can't pay for it. Immediate gratification gets us in trouble. All the time. I'm not going to ask how many of you had sex before you were, you were married because you wanted immediate gratification. Heads are going down everywhere. <laughs> yeah, he's meddling. Immediately. You see, it's the things that we, when the, when the temptation comes, immediate gratification will push away reasoning. It will shove reasoning to the back corner. Because God says when you think, he wants, when you're presented with something, if, if Eve would have just said, you know what? Hold that thought, serpent. I'm going to go talk to my husband. Think about it. Adam? Adam? Yes, ma'am. There's this guy over, he's a snake. He's real cute. We don't know what that snake looked like before he had to go on the ground. He might have been standing up. Right? Because he got condemned after that. He got cursed after that. He might have been a good-looking snake. Had a fedora on. Hey, baby. And it just came at her like, what, what does the Bible say the angel does? The Satan does. He comes to us as what? An angel of light. And if she would have just said, hold that thought. I'm going to go talk to my husband. Adam, there's this, there's this snake here. And he says, if we eat this fruit, Adam might have said, no. Oh, no way we're going to do that. God said if we did that, we would die. And I've been listening to God. He's, he's God. And that guy, he's just a snake. But she didn't. She didn't ask anybody's opinion. She didn't reason it out. She didn't think through it. She just listened. And immediately she wanted that gratification. I can be like God. Yay! Take a bite. Adam, what are you doing? Here. Take a bite, honey. It's so good. And we all know what happened after that, don't we? We all know what happened after that. And we think, how stupid were they? 
You ever think about that? God said, don't eat this. You will die. Hey, but they ate it. And what was supposed to be a perpetual life on earth, they died. At some point, they physically died. And we think they were stupid. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to meddle some more. I might not like this, but I'm going to meddle some more. We hear it all the time. If you smoke these things long enough, you could die. If you eat that way long enough, you could die. If you drink and drive, you could die. If you text and drive, you could die. And the list goes on and on and on and on, but we don't care because we think that's going to happen to somebody else. That's how the enemy works. That's how he works. You don't reason these things out. It says it on the package. <laughs> it says it right there. Smoking up these, you're going to die. <sighs> and I know some of you smoke, and I, I, I feel for you. I never had that addiction, so I don't even know what it's like. For the woman that's pregnant the world says that's not a baby that's a fetus you're not, you're not killing anybody that's just a fetus God help us see that's what the enemy whispers into our ears you think it's this no no honey it's okay it's just not it's not a baby I, I know there's a heartbeat but it's not a baby and 60 million babies later. We wonder why our country is the way it is. 60 million. It's a baby. And I know you may have had an abortion. Thank God for, for forgiveness. Thank God for restoration. And I wouldn't want you to carry that guilt and shame anymore because it's a sin. But we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Y'all understand that. We get forgiven of that. We, get, we repent of those things. And then we understand now, now that that wasn't, that wasn't God speaking. That was the enemy speaking. So we need to just back off on Eve just a little bit. Cut her some slack. Because listen, if it wasn't Eve, it would have been somebody else. Right? But somehow, because of many factors, and we're going to look at those over the next few weeks, we make choices that really just do not honor God because of the way you were raised, because your DNA, your predisposition to do certain things, because of some teacher in your life, influencers in your life. How many of you know you've made a lot of bad choices because of peer pressure? You know, just your buds were doing it. I mean, I, I did some stupid things just because all the other guys were doing it. Choices. Didn't think them through. What didn't reason them. Didn't make any, it was just stupid. So cut Eve some slack. The final thing I want us to look at this, this morning is the answer. I'm saving a lot of stuff for later on. But I love the answer. The answer is always Jesus, of course. 
So if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans 7. And I'm going to read from the Passion because I know in the New King James and the King James, it, it gets kind of difficult to understand unless you just really have time to just sit down and study it verse, actually word by word. So I'm going to read this from the Passion. You can go back and read it in your own favorite translation if you'd like. Romans 7, verse 18. And you really need to go back and read Romans 6, 7, and 8. They, kind of, they go together really well, okay? But for sake of time and really get to the point of it, I want to start with verse 18. Y'all there? This is the Apostle Paul. And the great Apostle Paul wrote 13 books of the Bible. He says, but for I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. The longings to do what is right are within me, but willpower is not enough to accomplish it. Don't you, know, don't you wish that willpower alone was good enough? All the, everyone that wants to go on a diet, don't you know if willpower just worked? Wouldn't that be awesome? It works for about a week. <laughs> Two weeks. Verse 19, my lofty desires, there's that word desires again. For my lofty desires do what is good and are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. Does this sound like any of us? So if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am. We're going to talk about identity, and I think in like three weeks. About our identity. Verse 21. Through my experience of this principle, I discover that even when I want to do good, evil is ready to sabotage me. Truly, deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. You know, if I was to go around this room and ask you, how many of you want to please God with your life? Everybody, I want to please God. I want to please God. And then I ask you, how hard is that to do? Well, I don't know. I've just I've made so many bad choices lately. And I know that didn't please God with the things that I chose. You're in, you're in good company here, okay? We're in good company. Verse 23. But I discern another power operating in my humanity, waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin, this unwelcome intruder in my humanity. That's our flesh. Our flesh is an intruder. Amen? Do you understand that? Flesh intrudes. When you're trying to do what's right, flesh intrudes. For Christians, flesh intrudes and says, no, 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 let's do it this way. Let's make this decision. Then he says this, what an agonizing situation I am in. Then he's just being flat out honest. So who has the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? Verse 25 is your answer. I give all my thanks to God for His mighty power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. See, we got a way out. Say, I got a way out. We talked about that last week. He, he's given us a way out. He gives us a way of escape. It's through Jesus Christ that we have this way out. He made a way out for us. So if left to myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin. But now my renewed mind, say renewed mind, okay? Now my renewed mind, that's, that's a repentant heart, that's a repentant mind. Now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted, say submitted, to God's righteous principles. 
It's got to go back to that. Every bad decision you've ever made, you repent, you ask God to forgive you, and you say, God, today, by your power, by your will, by your, by your, by, by your love, by your grace, by your mercy, by your Holy Spirit, I will make decisions that honor you and not decisions that are immediate gratification for me and the flesh that rises up in me. I'm going to allow you to shove it down, push it down so you can rise up in me and I can make choices that honor you and are always better for me for the long run and for the short run. Always. You see, if it's immediate gratification and God says, don't do something and we want to do it anyway, he's thinking of your future. He's not thinking of you just right now. He said, listen, this is for not just now. This is for your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. It's for the next generation. I want you to make these decisions now that honor me. Quit making things that honor yourself. Quit making things that make you feel good. And do start, start doing things that make God love. Just when you're surrendered to him, listen, you're ministering to him and he's blessing us for making right decisions. Start to say he's going to love you more if you make better decisions. That's not true. He loves you anyway. Our desires must be submitted to God's desires. So if you got up this morning at 8 o'clock, then by now you've made six to 7,000 choices. That's a lot, isn't it? Your mind's got, the gears are spinning, smoking up there. So you're thinking about all the decisions you've made. Simple decisions. Well, for some people, they're simple. Get out of bed. Others like, I don't want to get out of bed. Uh, get out of bed, you know. It's a simple decision for a lot of people. For some people, it's not. They don't feel good. Body aches. I'm just going to lay here a little bit longer. Hit reset. Or snooze. Get a few more minutes in. Most of us make that unconscious decision when we get up to go to the bathroom. But then we have to make another decision. Do I want to brush my teeth or not? You have to make another decision. Should I bathe? I bathed last week. <laughs> Took a shower last week. What am I going to wear to church? See, so you have to make a decision if you're going to go to a church or not. Guess what the enemy would want you to do? Stay home. You can watch it on TV. Mm, not offending anybody watching on TV. <laughs> I understand. I'm glad you're watching. Yeah, com no, we're commercial free. That's good. So, uh, but you made a decision. You made a choice. Sometimes those choices aren't that easy. In my household, it wasn't an easy choice on a Sunday morning. It was World War III on Sunday morning. My dad said, nope, I'm taking the boys to the farm. My mother said, nope, I'm taking the boys to church. We were like pawns in a, in a game. The fight would ensue. The argument would ensue. Wherever you ended up, you weren't happy because your mom and dad were fighting. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Should we go to church? Should we go? Listen, it's, it's World War III if we decide to go. Kids scream. Dad screams. Mom screams. 
You get here and everybody's like screaming. But you have to make a choice. Some of you made choices. Everybody here made a choice to be here today. Everybody here, think about it. That's one of your choices. You could have been anywhere else. You chose to be here. So now that you're here, some of you are still making choices. Y'all know that? Some of you have chosen to listen to the message. Some of you have chosen to tune the message out. Some of you have already, you've thought of, when I, when I mentioned menu and, and the Cheesecake Factory, you just checked out. <laughs> You're already thinking about what your favorite kind of cheesecake was. You know, it's like eight bucks a slice now. It's crazy. But you chose to listen or you chose not to listen. You chose this. You chose, or you're choosing. That's the name of the sermon, choosing. You're choosing whether you're going to allow this message to impact your life. Not me, the Word. You're choosing to allow it to impact your life and change your life. Or you're going to choose to reject the message today and continue to make the crazy, lousy choices that you've been making to please yourself with immediate gratification instead of the long-term results of perseverance in a decision that you make when God says, wait. That's your choice, wait. If the sum of your life choices have not brought you into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, here's the awesome thing about God. You can choose Him today. Isn't that cool? All the billions of choices you've made up here that have wrecked your life. In one choice, one moment, those can all be wiped away. And you can say, I stand clean before you, Lord, ready to do what? Ready to do your will from this day forward. Would you stand? We have the ministry team go ahead and come to the front. You're going to be faced with a choice. And with a choice, there's always an option. I remember when the invitations would be given when I was a kid. Man, it'd be that, that preacher would be pounding, you know, he'd be going after it. <laughs> If you don't, you don't give your life to Jesus, you died and if the bus hit you, you're going to hell. You know, I'd be, I'd be hanging on. We didn't have chairs. We had pews. We didn't have padded pews either. So when your mom pushed your head back against the pew to straighten you up, everybody in the church knew you were getting disciplined. Bam! Woo! We teethed ourselves on those pews when we were babies. But you, you have a choice. I had a choice to make, and I would grip, I would hold on to the pew, like, I'm not going up there. I'm still wanting to make my choices. See, that's what it really boils down to. If you don't know Jesus, 
the enemy right now is whispering in your ear, look, if you make a choice to come to give your life to Jesus Christ, then all those fun choices that you've been making on your own, they're going to they're gonna say that's not good anymore, like I've been preaching all morning. Right? So the enemy's already whispering. He already, he's done. He does his thing. But listen, he has no power over you unless you give it to him. So the choices this morning are, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today you can say, yes, I choose Christ. I choose Christ. And matter of fact, for Christians even, we choose Christ all the time. We wake up in the morning, we choose Christ. Right? We're presented with obstacles, we choose Christ over the obstacle. We're presented with a dilemma, we choose Christ over the dilemma. Right? But if you're lost this morning, and you've never chosen Christ... He is putting this before, I'm putting this before you today. Let me read a scripture for you. Deuteronomy 30, this is, this is Moses speaking. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death. Say life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, what? Choose life. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, that you may cling to Him, for He is your life and the length of your days. He's our life. He's the length of our days. That you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. I'm asking you today. God is asking you. Jesus is asking you. The Holy Spirit's asking you. Would you please choose life? You may not understand it all, but he said, you've got to start somewhere and choose life. So, Father, today, in Jesus' name, across this room, most people I've seen in here in a long time, there's bound to be one or two or three or four or five people that have never chosen to give their life, to surrender their life, to submit their life to Jesus Christ. And today is their opportunity. Today is their day that they can start making that first choice to choose Jesus and then let him begin to show them life and how to live it.